All right, we are back. I'm Janine, and you're listening to Get the Funk Out. Abby Nash is Abby Lee Nash is standing by to join us right now to talk about her book, Lifeline. Good morning, Abby. Thank you for taking the time to call in. Uh, as I mentioned, I always love to hear authors' backstories about how they became a writer. So we could start with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so my grandmother gave me a journal when I was in about second grade. <laughs> and uh, I uh, have been journaling ever since. And that has been a huge part of my writing process, you know, getting my ideas down first thing in the morning. I'm a dedicated um, journalist in that way. Um, but I, I got my master's in English from Arcadia University mm-hmm. in 2011. Um, and I wrote my first novel as my thesis project there. And right. I like to think of that novel as my learning how to write a book novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that one is in a drawer somewhere, never to be seen again. Oh, funny. And, yeah, um, but this one, Lifeline, I didn't start writing until uh, about three years after that. Okay. Um, so finding publication for Lifeline was a long time coming. Um, what but a, it was, I was yeah, gonna, go ahead. I was going to say, what a wonderful thing that your grandmother instilled that in you, and that became a habit, writing in the morning. Yeah, yeah, it's a really important part of my writing process. Um, to this day, right, writing in the morning to journal, and then um, I, you know, have my coffee and my lit candle and my quilt, and that's when I get my my pages down. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. Mm-hmm. And yep. So I always travel with a notebook, whether I'm flying or anywhere, and I'm scribbling things down. Do you um, do you find that writing is just always been very cathartic to you? So whatever you're dealing with goes into those pages, those morning pages. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, whatever is swirling around in my head um, has to come down, you know. And I tell people all the time, people are like, "How do you? I can't journal. I can't. I don't know what to write about. It's dumb. It's just sometimes it's just whatever I did today." Mm-hmm. And I'm like. So, right, exactly. <laughs> you just, That's it. You just have to get it out because then it's just there and it's not in your head and you can think straight. Yes. Um, you have to just, you have to get it down on paper because then it's somewhere. I agree. Um, and you can go about your day. And you'll be so thankful. I, I did that mm-hmm. National Novel Writing Month and oh yeah, it was great. And I, I took all these different stories I had of things that had happened, some funny, some serious, and it was such a feeling of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's absolutely. Ju- let's jump into your book. So tell me, okay. how did this whole story come about? Did you, was some of this uh, true to your life, or you just came up with this story on your own? Yeah. So Lifeline, um, I, we do. I do have a family connection. You know, um, few people um, avoid having a family connection to addiction, and so um, we do have. I do have someone in my family who struggles with addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started working on the book when I was really um, dealing with that pain of of having someone in my family who was really struggling with heroin addiction. Wow. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, and. So I realized near the end of the book, actually, near the end of um, the drafting the novel, that, um, um, you know, I had titled the novel Lifeline. The the title really came to me um, 
in a song. Actually, I was on a jog, and I heard the word in a song, and I, I decided it really fit the novel. But um, then I realized that the, writing the book had really become my lifeline um, I like as I was as I was, you know, processing these feelings, you know, you mentioned the idea of writing as cathartic, and it had really helped me deal with these feelings of grief and loss and anger um, as I was processing my loved one's um, disease. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then over the last three years, um, as opioid use in our country has continued to rise. Um, you know, we just are hearing about it in the news recently on even celebrity levels. Yes. Um, so sad. I think we're, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, but a lot of the conversations are happening even on really more polarizing mm -hmm. levels related to government policies. And I think maybe we're not talking about it enough at dinner table levels and in like an informal way because we still have stigma attached to it. Um, and so what was really important to me was that um, to create a character that, like my family member, who really seemed to have everything going for him on the outside, yes, but on the inside was um, really struggling emotionally and was using drugs to cope with that pain. And so... I really wanted to write just a good, honest story mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily have some kind of agenda, right? Right. <laughs> um, I didn't want it to be voyeuristic. Like, I didn't want it to be peering in on the addict's sort of, like, dirty, gritty sure. spiral down. And I also didn't want it to be... Um, Pollyanna, uh -huh. like everything's better in 30 days. Right. Um, no but way. I did want to show that addiction doesn't discriminate. Yes. Like, it doesn't, it, it's not always on a dark street corner. Like, it shows up in suburban neighborhoods. And, um, and also recovery isn't necessarily a one-size-fits-all. And so I really wanted my main character's Eli. I wanted Eli's experience at uh, Lakeshore Recovery Center to really portray that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's um, ultimately, you know, it's my hope as as the book goes out in the world that the book will be, will, you know, continue to provoke thought at least and maybe be those, um, generate some of those dinner table conversations. I was going to say, and it's it helped you and also I feel like you, yeah. you wanted it to help to others and you know, I think we have to talk about this more because yeah. you know, there's such an yeah. illusion, as you mentioned, let's say Demi Lovato, for instance, that everything's yep. fine, everything's better, you know, everything's right. okay, and it's not, and it's so sad. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. You know? I think that um, we, um, and I think part of it is because of that stigma. It's because um, we're afraid to talk about it because we want everybody to think that everything's okay. Yeah. Um, because what's on the outside is <laughs> what what we think matters, you know? I know. It's a facade. Smoke and mirrors, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I feel like this could be right. a film. This could, you know? I, I Well, that would be awesome. <laughs> you know, it, it just, it, 
And, and then also on the back, it says not suitable for young readers. What ages would you say would be appropriate? You know, it's interesting because I, I struggled with that. Um, I felt like I wanted, um, I just wanted to be in integrity about it because some of the scenes, you know, um, especially near the end and some of the scenes that he talks about in group, um, do deal with some of the issues, um, you know, that I wouldn't want my 12-year-old to read. Um, However, in talking with uh, parents of 13- and 14-year-olds, they felt like they they would want their kids to read those books before they're in situations like that. So I think ideally, um, if, if parents were willing to read the book at the same time that yes. their kids were reading it sure, and then talk about it, I think that would be ideal. Um, but otherwise, maybe reading it at 14 yes. would be kind of the ideal mm-hmm. age. My daughter, I have a 12-year-old, and she's, she hasn't read it, um, but she has heard she's come to some of the readings and signings, and she's heard some of the scenes, and, um, and she you know, wants to know when she's read it. And I've told her she can read it when she's in um, seventh grade. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, and, and then we'll talk about it. So, that's, No, I think that's so healthy. And I think we have to have these conversations because whether it's yep. drugs or other promiscuous behavior or whatever, it's, it's out there, it's going on, and it shapes our kids' minds and behavior. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do think there is something to be said about... Um, you know, exploring those experiences through books and then having honest conversations with your parents about them um, in a safe way right. um, before you're exposed to them through other kids who don't really know what they're talking about anyway. Yeah. You know what's the worst is when you can't tell your parents, you can't feel like you can't talk to your parents about this kind of stuff, whatever it is. Right. Right. You know, or your parents shut down or feel terrified if you bring it up to them. I'll just share something quickly. I had a really good friend in high school um, call me up in a panic. She was told not to hang out with her old friends and she did anyway. Mm -hmm. And she calls me up. She's crying. And she said, I can't call my dad and my stepmother. They'll be really upset with me. Can you come get me? I was with my dad and I don't think I guess I had just gotten my license. They were they were shooting up. And she was horrified. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she, it was like she thought she knew these people, but they, but then she realized she doesn't know these people anymore. And uh, she was terrified. And I said, absolutely. And we went and we got her, got her out of there so fast. Um, but she, could, oh. she didn't feel like she could tell her family. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so sad. Isn't yeah. that so sad? It, it crushed me. But I was so glad that I was available to come get her. So Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think that's the other thing to have friends that you can to to be able to communicate as a parent right. that you can always tell me anything anything that's happening and you will not be in trouble. Right. Yeah. Because there's no better feeling when you as a kid you let something out, you open yourself up as opposed to, you know, you're tight and you don't want to let right. stuff out. That's so unhealthy. What else right. would you like uh listeners to know about your book? Well, I think one of the things that's really important um, to know, I have um, in my own community, particularly, but not 
you know, not just in my own community. Um, I think that it's particularly relatable not only to YA readers, but to adult readers as well. Um, and I think that that is because um, there are themes of forgiveness and hope that resonate not just with people struggling with um, issues related to addiction, um, but just in general. Um, And I have really continued to explore these ideas um, on my blog, um, where I've been interviewing local artists and service organizations that... um, are dealing with that central idea of what is their personal lifeline, mm-hmm. um, what is it that gives them hope, um, and in what ways does that thing, that music or um, that uh, whatever it is that they're performing or the service that they're doing in their community, how does it create a sense of uh, possibility for other people? So, um they can read those interviews or the essays that I've been writing um, at on my website at abbynash.com. Let me um, let me just spell that. It's a b b e y n a s h dot com. Yep, that's yep. great. That's right. So yeah. I know we have to wrap. Uh, anywhere else people can find out more about you, or is that primarily your website? Website's the best place. I have all my socials up there. Okay. Um, yep. All right, and I put all your info on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and this entire conversation will be up on the show blog within an hour after I wrap. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I was just going to thank you. It's been my pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Abby Lee Nash calling in to talk about her latest book, Lifeline. Again, all the info is on the show blog. Uh, Getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. We're going to take a little break. And then I have another guest calling in, uh, Jennifer Gracer Dornbush. She's going to call in and talk about her latest book, The Corner. I'll give you the premise right here. When you grow up as the daughter of a medical examiner, you're bound to have some stories to tell. Alumna Jennifer Dornbush has turned these stories into a career. She's advised crime dramas for television and movies and wrote a guide to creating authentic crime dramas called Forensic Speak. Her complete bio is up on the show blog as well. So we'll take a little break, and then Jennifer will be calling in shortly. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.